message is what's important. But that fear, that insecurity of taking up space was louder and I couldn't hear myself. So when resistance comes out, I think the first thing is being aware of it, identifying when it's resistance mm -hmm. or if it's an excuse or if it's resistance can also show up as fear and fear is here to protect us. So Should we have for dinner? Where are the kids? If you feel like you've got a million things going on and a million thoughts going around in your head, you are not alone. Welcome to the Daily Mind Podcast, where we take time out daily to explore what we can do to create more mental resilience, stability, and ultimately live happier lives. Hello and welcome to the Daily Mind podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Gray, and lately we have been exploring mental wealth and mental well-being and how we can build that from a variety of different angles. We want to bring the stories, real-time stories from real people um, all around the world and how and in all different areas and how they're building mental wealth. Um, in their own area. So today specifically I'm speaking to my dear friend Jess Locke about meeting resistance with grace and even in, I'm going to tell you a true story, <laughs> full disclosure, uh, the last few weeks to get these podcast episodes out, life has been busy um, as it often is for everyone and there was a lot of resistance coming up, I must admit. A lot of resistance coming up to producing these episodes, to getting them out there, to asking for the help that I need. And when I had a listen, when I had time to sit down and, um, or when I made time, I should say, to sit down and edit and go through this episode, I was absolutely astounded at what Jess had said. And I had so many aha moments and actually lots of giggles about what we'd spoken about and what what was actually turning up for me. So if you have a passion project in mind or you feel like there's something that you could be bringing to this world or just that there's something living in your heart, maybe you're not even exactly sure what it is yet, but there's something living in there and yet perhaps you're resisting it by doing or the billion other ways that resistance can show up, you might really, really enjoy this episode because we speak to all of that. We speak to how resistance can show up, how you might not even know it's resistance and the way it's showing up. And Jess also gives some beautiful insights of how you can approach that. Really much more to do with compassion and kindness than actual actions, if that makes sense. So really take some time to sit back and enjoy this lesson and whether that's on a walk or a run or you're sitting in a park somewhere listening to it I really really hope you enjoy it and feel free to ask any questions should you have them towards the end you can reach out to Jess and um, let us know what you think thanks and enjoy thank you so much for being here with me so we have everyone a very, very beautiful friend of mine called Jess Locke 
from her amazing space, Whole and Unleashed. So thanks for being here, Jess. Welcome. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me today, Maddie. I am so excited to dive in a little bit more and just to have a nice conversation with you overall. Yeah, Every time so I get important. like a voice message from you or something, I'm like, oh, it just feels nice. There are some people <laughs> that you just feel at ease with and you're definitely one of them. <laughs> Grateful for yeah. you. Well, likewise, thank you. So we have a glorious topic, um, one that both Jess and I really resonate with today, and that is meeting resistance with grace. Um, when we came up with this together, I think we were, we were both really excited to dive in and, um, and uncover. So I'll just read a little bit about what I found um, just from the website and having various conversations with you. So, so Whole and Unleashed is your, is your passion project your beautiful beautiful website and this came out after came about after many uh sleepless nights um in your about page you talk about being snappy and unmotivated and feeling helpless and I specifically want to mention about surviving instead of thriving because I think we can all relate and come to that um, you say you're in the corporate world and making really good money. You checked all the life boxes. And at the same time, you're a total people pleaser. And I think, oh, my gosh, like <laughs> I'm like sitting there with my hand raised when I read that. Um, attaching self-worth to title and earning, seeking approval and validation through doing. Um, yet finding that that wasn't in alignment with who you are. And I think the sleepless nights um, really calls to that. Um, and you say in, again, in your intro that you have to really learn how, relearn how to simply be. Um, and I want to read directly from, from the page. In slowing down, I was finally able to hear myself, what my soul ached for and what my body needed and everything became crystal clear. And I'm just like, okay, please explain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that version. Oh gosh, how to condense all that realization. <laughs> no pressure. Um, I guess when I was in the corporate world, when I went into advertising, I, you know, goals that seem very specific to change the world to do good things and then I got I got lost in the hustle in the accomplishing and the vibe was always just pushing all the time and like these are very expensive accounts everything was due yesterday and I was just always running behind and I was surviving and it just felt like everyone around me was living the same everyone was on autopilot and there you know, you can tell when someone is passionate and there's light in their eyes and you can tell when someone is kind of like eh, just surviving. And I realized that energy was so heavy and it wasn't just me, it was the people around me. And I got really, really sick. I think after realizing that I got sick, which I took it as a sign of my body telling me, well, you know, you've always wanted to do more. This is your time. But there was so much resistance and it wasn't until I got so sick with insomnia and just other health imbalances that I listened to that resistance. I'm like, what the hell are you telling me? I think it was like 2 a.m. in the morning after getting insomnia for maybe half a year. 
And I'm like, what, what's happening? Like, what else do you want me to do? And that's when I realized that I was supposed to do something else. And I've always wanted to do something else. And I always set advertising as like a mid-stop goal, like something to learn about design. I really love design and communications because it can really change the world. When you look at really great charity causes or non-for-profit movements, it can help touch people to care about causes. So that was my angle, but I got caught up with everything else. So when it kind of pulled me back to my center and what was really important to me, it showed me that the next steps are stepping out of that environment and really coming back home to myself. And that's kind of the entire purpose of Whole and Unleash to decondition everything that we were taught to want or we should do and really just understand who we are and what we want to do because the purpose of life is not to just hustle or make money or please people it's so much more than that i don't know if that <laughs> answers your question yeah i mean that's it's so it's so true it's so so true and i think anyone that is a people pleaser or has had you know and i think that it's it's also natural for our the beginning of our lives to look like um, goal and ready and, and and have more energy and look for those um, let's say sort of not materialistic because that's a sort of an overused word but that that satisfaction and that um, bringing coming to us from the outside world from that um, yeah. rather than and from other people's views of success rather than maybe listening to what's going on inside so I think I think it's natural and I think it's at the same time it can it's ready for a revamp. It's ready for a change of perspective. So to tie that into um, the, the beautiful, beautiful um, uh, sort of topic that we have for this series, which is mental wealth, how is that affecting you in that time? If you can go back to, to remembering that, how is that affecting you mentally? Honestly, like when I was in the middle of it, it didn't feel so bad. Usually I think where we're surviving and we're coping, it's a survival. Like you don't notice how bad it is until you get out of it. So mm -hmm. now looking back, I was, people saw that I was like this happy-go-lucky girl and I didn't lose that essence, but in the inside, I just felt exhausted all the time. I felt that I was snappier Maybe I was like snappier in witty ways and make fun of it, of the situation. Like I could still do that, but it just drained. It took so much out of me. And I would wake up with this sense of dread. And anyone who's been in a situation where, you know, the first thing you think of when you wake up is dread, that's probably a sign that uh, there's something you have to look deeper into and it's never comfortable. And it's just that sense of where am I going? Is this going to be everything? And I kept pushing because I said, like, maybe a couple of years more, I'll save some money, I'll do this. And I kept giving myself excuses to stay there because it was so much more comfortable than, hey, let's leave your job. <laughs> let's completely walk out and, and challenge your own dreams and goals, which I realized later on weren't really mine to begin with. Mm it was given to me because, you know, you get a career in design and then you're supposed to be an art director, graphic design, um, creative director. And then like, 
climb that corporate ladder and I didn't care for any of it. I just wanted to do things that made me happy and help others. And I wasn't doing either one of those. Mm. That's, that's incredible. So if we, let's backtrack a fair bit back to childhood. And if you, if you can imagine little Jess, um, what was something that you, something that you just remember that really stood out that you loved doing or you loved, you know, being, it could be a game or it could be anything that you really, really engaged you as a child? I love playing, <laughs> which might sound, you know, I love exploring for the sake of, and my parents always called me a tomboy or that my face, I don't know what the expression in English is, but in Chinese it's kind of, I have the face of a lady, but I act like a boy. <laughs> so they were, it's supposed to be funny because I was always climbing around and just like getting bruises and cuts everywhere. But it made me feel so alive to do things because I was completely plugged into the moment and it wasn't because I wanted to get muscles because I was moving or, you know, fulfill a certain goal. So I love playing and reading. And it was, I think it was more about being as a kid. You don't have those responsibilities. So coming to that sense of being and understanding myself, what did I enjoy? That was really fun for me. And then ask other people about it. Like, why do you like this flavor? Why do you like this movie? I think I was very curious about people at a young age. And mm. then maybe sometime between elementary school and in high school, I became a wallflower, wallflower, wallpaper, <laughs> the expression yeah. where I just like hit back and watch instead of yeah. interacting. Yeah, right. It's interesting to see that that reflection of who, who we naturally were as children, that, that essence of us. And then when we start to recognize other people and as naturally happens, I think in our teenage years and we lose a little bit of that, um, that natural ability or that natural essence that comes through. So when you were, if you could talk to us about that, that space of when you were again, going back into you. So you've, you've moved on from childhood into, um, the wallflower and then going towards that sort of um let's say society's version of success or how did your culture because you just mentioned that influence that view of what should be success to you or what should be success to mm, yes I know we've all edged about this as well yeah I think my cultural upbringing, my family is Chinese and I grew up in Peru. So I already had an identity crisis there. <laughs> I identify or like I feel 100% Peruvian the way I act and move, but I look Chinese. And I also lived in Canada before we moved back to Peru. So like so many different moving pieces. But I think my family, because they moved around a lot and the way they coped was to if nothing is urgent, like if you're sad, if you're stressed out and they can't solve it, let's just, I wouldn't say push it down, but like, let's focus on the positive. Let's just brush it off because you have to keep going. And I understand that mentality, but what that taught me as I was growing up was that, well, if I'm feeling sad, it's not productive because, well, the sadness doesn't lead to anything. So nobody's gonna help me soothe, self-soothe. So just push it down. And if nothing is 
burning down, there's nothing is urgent, then it's not a problem. So keep going. It, it was always keep going. And now that I'm older and I have more compassion and I understand why the culture was like that is because they didn't have time and they did. Mm. And frankly, time and emotion and the tools to deal with that emotional death. Because when something feels uncomfortable, as an example, I was terrified. I think I was three or four years old of my parents dying. I wasn't terrified of death in itself. For me, it was mm. like, okay, I'm done but I was terrified of losing the people I love. So I would wake up in the middle of the night and tell my parents that. And they were like, why are you thinking about this? Just don't worry, everything's fine. And then your dad is uncomfortable. He doesn't like talking about death. So let's not talk about it. Mm. So I learned that anything that made my parents uncomfortable, don't bring it up. And that's not because they wanted to oppress me or anything. They didn't know how to deal with it. Mm. And I, I took that into my teenage years, into everything else where I could help manage or be my friend's psychiatrist and whatever problem they have, I was really good at supporting them. I didn't know how to seek support myself because mm. I wasn't heard before. Mm. That's interesting that it showed up in, in your natural ability to be able to do it for others and yet not looking that, not looking that for that yeah. for yourself so then so then you went through this um this process of of finding yourself in survival mode and then was it one instance did you wake up one day and say that's enough you know I need to find out what's happening or to talk to us a little bit about how it came about that you started questioning on wanting to resolve the what was going on in the heart yeah I, it's fascinating because I also ask a lot of people these questions and I oftentimes people tell me it's not one specific thing and it's the same for me. I, I think it started years ago actually where I there was a seed of inkling. I want to try something else and I follow that curiosity. So maybe that was the child like, you know, the child inner just wanted to learn more about health because I also got really sick after university, I push myself. Like I have a tendency of pushing myself. And one of, I got really severe heartburn where it was, I couldn't even move. I went to the doctor and they offered a pill that would cost me like $80 a month for the rest of my life. And I was like, what? That makes no sense. Like a pill, what about my dietary changes? And that was before I learned anything about health and wellness. They're so like, no, 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 you can keep doing everything that you're doing. And nothing was really helping. So I looked at more um, holistic remedies and that thanks to the internet where, you know, there was a lot more health articles and my mom is also more holistic. She would never just give me a pill if I'm not feeling well. While my dad was like, oh, you have a headache, here's some drugs. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I, I think I got both sides where I learned to like balance it. Like sometimes you do need antibiotics, you need those things. And other times sure. like, what can you treat? So thanks to my mom, I looked into that. And then I decided to invest in a health coaching degree. And that's when it taught me, okay, nourishment isn't just food. It's also in what you consume in your relationships. And that was probably like a few years, two, three years before I hit my, my, my burnout in advertising. I wanted to leave that career. So the seed started there. But I didn't really want to help coach people. I didn't enjoy it as much. I was like telling something, something else was needed. And I think that's why I had to go through my own resistance and all that 
to fully understand. And even after when I quit my career, I still needed to decondition and kind of like let go of everything and then coming back to the to the middle because you don't just go from oh I've been pushing myself to let's go into your center so it took some time and it's not linear and I'm still I guess in the process of coming home and understanding what truly matters to me 100% I think we're always we're always on that journey and and I really, really want to speak to backtrack because I feel like you've done so many, so many beautiful things in that. Because I really want to speak to that. It's not like you wake up one day and go, "Oh, this is not what I want." So I'll quit my job. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. like it's just not like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. Life yeah. doesn't unplay like that in general. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to unplay like that. It's the clarity comes little by little and the voice that speaks louder and as you start to follow that then it gets louder and then you follow that and then it gets louder but it's but it's really I I found as well that it's it's more one step at a time than that it's not a it's not always a clear um moment where you're like okay I wasn't on center and now I am (laughs) it's like yeah continual journey because coming back you know the the funny thing is like right before I decided to quit my career, like a year before I booked myself Astrala yoga training and I've been wanting right. to do a training for years, but I never prioritize it. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I booked it on my birthday a year ahead of time. Like, let's see. And it happened to coincide to being exactly a month after I walked out of my career. So it was like a beautiful transition that I did not plan for at all. Wow. I just, I felt this pulling like ugh, some, something, I feel like I need to do it. Right. So you booked it and then within the year that that happened. Everything that, so unraveled. That sort of unfolded. That's amazing. And okay, full disclaimer, as the unraveling was happening, did it feel good? Did it feel? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell of it, yeah. course not. Of course exactly. not. It's never, it never feels good. It doesn't matter how much yoga I was doing or how many tools or awareness. In fact, it can be sometimes like, oh my gosh, like when you realize everything that you've been doing that wasn't aligned to you, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay, so where do I go from now? And you want to fix everything. That was my mentality. Okay, let me fix everything. I'm going to quit this career so I won't burn out anymore. Lies. I still burn out when I was doing my own thing. I'm like, what the hell? I'm out of that environment. I'm not, I'm not pushing myself, or at least that's what I thought I wasn't doing. But I think my, my energy was still like very frantic and very like, let's make it happen. So, I, you know, I quit this job. Let's make it happen in this new career. Mm. But it's, you know, it's so uncomfortable. And I think because I've been so many years in this journey, it doesn't mean it stops being uncomfortable, but I have better ways to cope it and allow it. And we've talked a little bit about this at the beginning where sometimes we try to fight these uncomfortable feelings and thinking that you know the green juices the yoga meditation why is it still there like why do I feel (laughs) uncomfortable but sometimes it's just part of the shedding it's just part of the realization and being able to hold that emotion that I learned later with a therapist when she told me like do you are you like how do you let go of anger how do you let go of I, I'm not angry. <laughs> You're like, yeah, everybody's angry. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that. I'm a happy person. They're like, you can be happy, but like, how much do you let yourself feel the painful, mm. the scary moments? And that was like another key moment as I learned to, oh, 
nothing's bad going to happen if I let myself sink into the fear. And granted that I had a therapist to hold space for me, now that I'm able to do it by myself, I think sometimes when we're not connected to these emotions or we're not used to diving in it's so easy to spiral and get lost and go deeper and deeper so like I'm really very lucky to have someone to hold that space and point that out for me so kindly <laughs> yeah sure and reaching out for help is it's so important yes. reaching out and knowing that um can be part of our journey it's not it's not that we're in this alone yeah. it's just um so eventually so you along the journey you um you discovered that it was okay to to sit with those emotions because I'm just thinking if people feel like I can I can sort of feel people listening maybe and and nodding to this um having made hopefully aha moments of in their own journey of understanding that uh running away from emotions or bypassing to to want to be happy or want to be positive all the time it sort of doesn't work. It comes back in some way, in some form, either with ourselves or when we're relating to other people. Because if I think if we can't allow ourselves space, then it's harder for us to allow other people to have that space too. Um, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's just a really challenging thing if we don't go through that. So what are some ways people can, um, if you want to speak to this again, hold space for themselves um navigate well well navigating resistance while well, navigating things that sometimes aren't so easy mm. i love this question and there's so many layers to that because sometimes resistance is not always obvious it might manifest as perfectionism or as not having time for it as I don't want to call them excuses, but it might show up as excuses to do something. And so maybe speak to that first. Speak to how resistance can show up in those oh. different forms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like so fun <laughs> because uh, honestly, we're so afraid of resistance, but resistance gives us so many answers and insights when we look into it. So I think even an example will help. Let's say at the beginning, when I started doing more health and wellness and I wanted to guide yoga, I was terrified of showing myself on camera. And I thought it, it, the lighting wasn't good at home and that I was a perfectionist. I wanted proper camera and setting using my advertising skills. So I was like, okay, I'll do that later. Even though a part of me really wanted to show up and serve, my excuse was that I didn't have the proper way to do it. It was too noisy. And then later I realized after, I think I was in a group coaching session, I realized I was terrified of taking up space. I was terrified of being seen and that manifested as perfectionism. Yeah. And, and that's so subtle in a way, isn't it? Because yes. you could totally <laughs> excuse yourself away from that. Exactly. You're like, oh yeah, I just need the better equipment and then I'll rent a studio. And I was like going all out. But a voice of me kept saying like, things don't need to be perfect. You've seen videos with people with their cell phone and handheld motion and they look so good because the mess. just what's important but that fear that insecurity of taking up space 
was louder and I couldn't hear myself. So when resistance comes out, I think the first thing is being aware of it, identifying when it's resistance mm -hmm. or if it's an excuse or if it's resistance can also show up as fear and fear is here to protect us. So how can you listen and honor that fear? So when I told myself, look, it doesn't, nobody's perfect in their first try. Don't be too self-critical. This is your first time. Start doing it. Maybe just watch the video yourself. Or what I actually did was like, I would record it. It felt okay. And I wouldn't watch it just so that I can like put it out there. So that helped me move through resistance a little bit more until now I'm a lot more comfortable talking. So identifying when the resistance is there and see how you can play around with it. You know, can you take a tiny step without completely yanking yourself out of your comfort zone? Can you look into the deeper story of why? And that is also like an interesting way to understand where the resistance might have rooted. Was it something from your childhood? Was it because you took up a lot of space in the past and you know you were loud you were being yourself and somebody told you it wasn't right to do so mm. and it's understanding those stories so that we can move through them and again mm. it's not from one day to another it's not from mm. logically knowing to fully embodying and working through those fear it's just being aware and in other i might be like i'm, I'm throwing away so many um throwing out so many tools yeah, but like so giving being aware <laughs> by giving it also giving ourselves time time and space and how you process i think processing can be how you ground yourself um how you best get your insights is it through working or moving your body or journaling i think knowing how you process information how you digest is also very, very helpful in knowing when you're moving through something or when you're feeling stuck. Mm. And if someone doesn't know how to process these things, what are some, what are some, where, where can they go to, um, to learn so, about well, that? They can go to your lovely podcast where you share some meditation <laughs> tips and understanding. <laughs> That's like such a great way. Sometimes I think when we try to, solve a problem or meet the problem like by facing it forward like try pushing through it that's when the less likely we're going to get the answers mm. so taking a step back and okay really just listen to what you are craving for right now and it's mm. not try not to solve the problem in front just listen what do you want do you want to move your body do you want to talk to a friend do you no. start there? What do you want right now? You don't have to I figure out like the next that. hour. <laughs> I love that. I think we need to repeat that. Try not to solve the problem because that that is another, um, I don't know if it's being a mom or or maybe being a woman. Like we're, we're problem solvers, I think, for yes. so many people often. And so when um, a situation or resistance presents itself, our, at least I know this is, I definitely fought into this trap. How can I solve it quickly yes. <laughs> before dinner time? <laughs> yes. I'm too busy. Anything else? So just that, that idea of actually taking a step back, give it some space, give it some room and that something will, you know, sort of trusting in a way that something will come from there. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. I feel like I've shared so much that it can be overwhelming, but it's really getting to know yourself, 
to know what you need at any given moment, that gives you so much power. It goes from awareness, you might not be able to solve the resistance right away, but just addressing your needs will help you open space for inspiration. You know how sometimes you're in the shower and you get that, you know, strike of inspiration or you know how to solve something when you're walking or talking to a friend. Those are the moments where you're taking care of yourself that your your body, your mind decides to kind of like show you an opening. Mm. Mm. Um, in the Vedic worldview, we call that following charm. So we don't give... We don't, again, we don't look for the end result or the end step or the end. It's what's the next thing? How, what, what, what seems charming to me right now? And I love that you spoke to maybe just having a shower. Maybe it's sitting on this bench and breathing for a moment. Maybe it's looking at nature. And you never know what's going to come from that, taking that first step, that initial step, and allowing life to come to you from, from there. So yes, that's, that's, allowing life to come to you. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> so, oh, I feel like we've covered so much, Jess. This is so beautiful. Um, do you want to leave us? Do you want to actually? Let's go through a little bit. Talk, talk to us a little bit about Whole and Unleashed and what, how. So you came to this after along your journey. You came to this um, sort of perspective of holistic coaching, which I love. Um, looking at things from various angles I'm sure um, so talk to us a little bit about that and then how people can reach you where they can mm. find you um, whole and unleashed uh, the purpose of what I do with the company and my coaching is to help people come back to themselves tune into their inner voice their wisdom because we all have the answers, but it can just get a little bit noisy that we don't, we don't recognize them when it's coming so that people can recalibrate through burnout so they can listen to that inner voice and align to a life that makes them happy. And I think we all have that capability within. It's just a matter of tuning it all out. You, you got what it needs. And I, I really want to highlight that because I think there's so many things out there that are telling us that we're not enough, that we need to look outwards for answers. And there's always opportunities for growth. But when you know who you are or when you just connect with and even though you don't know the next steps, that's powerful in itself. And I just want to bring people into that inner knowing so they can expand from that place, so they can be unleashed and just start living life in their own terms. That's kind of the whole... Um, mission of whole and unleashed i have a few group programs that help people in a group setting you know navigate their resistance talk and connect to each other because so much of my own inner healing was being in a safe space and sharing my story and seeing others share them because when i listen to stories that's when i get my own deep inner knowing when something resonates so that's the kind of community I'm trying to create and there's also one-on-one -on -one coachings and you can find me um, on Instagram uh, jes.lock just lock and I also have a podcast for whole and unleashed fantastic and we'll, we'll link all that in show notes for sure ah it's like a little big ah, <laughs> needed after that 
<laughs> so if you could leave um, leave our guests with with a piece of advice or or uh, yeah, oh, I, um, what's coming? Just just something, some advice that would uh, speak to perhaps the journey or where people might find themselves if they're finding themselves on the way to this navigating the surviving to thriving um, space, what would you say? I'll say to be compassionate with yourself, no matter what step you're at, to hold your resistance, your fears, every part of you with compassion, almost as, as if it's your inner child and ask from that space of what do you need? Yeah. Just start there and yeah, you'll be surprised. Maybe you want a cup of coffee <laughs> and that can open up for so much more. Just like you said, taking that first step of just coming back to you and following where your bliss is taking you. I love that. Thanks, Jess. Thank you, Maddie. So beautiful. <laughs> I look forward to connecting you um, many, many more, more places. And if you're listening to this, as these come out, we'll be whoever is on Instagram will be may hopefully doing some lives as these get released. So if you have any more questions for Jess, uh, look out for when those lives are going to be. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you there. Thank you, Thank Jess. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is for information purposes only. Any advice is not a substitute for medical guidance. And any use of the information contained in this podcast is done so at the user's own risk. Thank you. Hi and welcome back to the Daily Mind podcast where we have been currently building the, the mental wealth series. So you may have heard um, a lot, another, about, and then I just added a little blooper at the end for you guys, because I actually recorded the intro to this about seven times. And you may hear my dog in the background. And um, yeah, it was a funny morning. And I just wanted to let you guys hear all that happens on the other side of this <laughs> microphone.